0: Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses, so any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Chapter 7.
1: The Journey to the Great Oz. Part 1. They were obliged to camp out that night under a large tree in the forest, for there were no houses near. The tree made a good thick covering to protect them from the dew, and the Tin Woodman chopped a great pile of wood with his axe, and Dorothy built a splendid fire that warmed her and made her feel less lonely. She and Toto ate the last of their bread, and now she did not know what they would do for breakfast. "'If you wish,' said the lion, "'I will go into the forest and kill a deer for you.' "'You can roast it by the fire, since your tastes are so peculiar that you prefer cooked food, and then you will have a very good breakfast.' "'Don't! Please don't!' begged the tin Woodman. "'I should certainly weep if you killed a poor deer, and then my jaws would rust again.' But the lion went away into the forest and found his own supper, and no one ever knew what it was, for he didn't mention it. And the scarecrow found a tree full of nuts, and filled Dorothy's basket with them, so that she would not be hungry for a long time. She thought this was very kind and thoughtful of the Scarecrow, but she laughed heartily at the awkward way in which the poor creature picked up the nuts. His padded hands were so clumsy and the nuts were so small that he dropped almost as many as he put in the basket. But the Scarecrow did not mind how long it took him to fill the basket, for it enabled him to keep away from the fire, as he feared a spark might get into his straw and burn him up. So he kept a good distance away from the flames, and only came near to cover Dorothy with dry leaves as she lay down to sleep. These kept her very snug and warm, and she slept soundly until morning. When it was daylight, the girl bathed her face in a little rippling brook, and soon after they all started toward the Emerald City. This was to be an eventful day for the travellers. They had hardly been walking an hour when they saw before them a great ditch that crossed the road and divided the forest as far as they could see on either side. It was a very wide ditch, and when they crept up to the edge and looked into it, they could see it was also very deep and there were many big, jagged rocks at the bottom. The sides were so steep that none of them could climb down, and for a moment it seemed that their journey must end. "'What shall we do?' asked Dorothy despairingly. "'I haven't the faintest idea,' said the Tin Woodman. and the lion shook his shaggy mane and looked thoughtful. But the scarecrow said, "'We cannot fly, that is certain. Neither can we climb down into this great ditch. Therefore, if we cannot jump over it—' We must stop where we are.' "'I think I could jump over it,' said the cowardly lion, after measuring the distance carefully in his mind. "'Then we are all right,' answered the scarecrow, "'for you can carry us all over on your back, one at a time.' "'Well, I'll try it,' said the lion. "'Who will go first? "'I will,' declared the scarecrow. "'For if you found that you could not jump over the gulf, Dorothy would be killed, or the tin woodman badly dented on the rocks below. But if I'm on your back—' IT WILL NOT MATTER SO MUCH, FOR THE FALL WILL NOT HURT ME AT ALL. I'M TERRIBLY AFRAID OF FALLING MYSELF, SAID THE COWARDLY LION, BUT I SUPPOSE THERE'S NOTHING TO DO BUT TRY IT. SO GET ON MY BACK AND WE WILL MAKE THE ATTEMPT. THE scarecrow SAT UPON THE LION'S BACK AND THE BIG BEAST WALKED TO THE EDGE OF THE GULF AND CROUCHED DOWN. WHY DON'T YOU RUN AND JUMP? ASKED THE scarecrow. BECAUSE THAT ISN'T THE WAY WE LIONS DO THESE THINGS, HE REPLIED. Then, giving a great spring, he shot through the air and landed safely on the other side. They were all greatly pleased to see how easily he did it, and after the scarecrow had got down from his back the lion sprang across the ditch again. Dorothy thought she would go next, so she took Toto in her arms and climbed on the lion's back, holding tightly to his mane with one hand. The next moment it seemed as if she were flying through the air, and then, before she had time to think about it, she was safe on the other side. The lion went back a third time and got the tin woodman and then they all sat down for a few moments to give the beast a chance to rest. For his great leaps had made his breath short, and he panted like a big dog that had been running too long. They found the forest very thick on this side, and it looked dark and gloomy. After the lion had rested, they started along the road of yellow brick, silently wondering, each in his own mind, if ever they would come to the end of the woods and reach the bright sunshine again. To add to their discomfort, they soon heard strange noises in the depths of the forest— And the lion whispered to them that it was in this part of the country that the Kalidas lived.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family.